you're not a victim. You're doing it. And when you're ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. Hello and welcome to the Humble You Podcast, where we talk all things mind, body, and life. And this podcast features a conversation with yoga instructor Brett Rivero. He is here to discuss his story of healing through yoga and finding his purpose. He has his own company, Legion Yoga, which helps individuals harness pain, anxiety, and become strong in mind, body, and soul. And so, Brett, I'm so excited to get this important discussion started. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm very, very grateful to be here and grateful to share the message, you know, of collectively trying to bring people together and also let them know themselves in a deeper manner. Mm, that's and, and this is exactly why I'm excited to get this this message started, because you and I believe in this purpose of connecting to self, but that also connects us together. And, you know, it's really a powerful symbol to, to, to realize, you know, doing that self-work is actually helping others. And I think it's really important to get into that material. And you've done some wonderful stuff. But before we get there, you know, the childhood and the early years, that's where everything starts. So if you could walk us through a little bit of that story and, and kind of how that connects to, to, to the now. Yeah, I'd love to. And I, I appreciate you for asking that. So when I was eight years old, I was able to witness some very interesting interactions with my parents. So my parents, um, they got divorced when I was very young at four. My mother remarried a, a fantastic man who happened to be an ex-NHL uh, fighter. So he, he was a very, very beautiful man to me. It's not to say that there was anything wrong with being an NHL fighter, um, but he had a lot of spirit you know, is the best way to put it. So him and my mother used to get into arguments uh, a lot. And my mother had a lot of issues that she was really struggling to deal with. And so I'm eight years old, you know, playing video games. You remember old uh, Sega Genesis, um, you know, just playing, playing some good old video games, playing Sonic, right? And I, I hear this loud noise from the basement. So I start to uh, walk downstairs and I hear my parents arguing and I see my mother literally put her hands through a wall and rip out the wall. Mm. And so when you're an eight-year-old child and you see that there's a lot to process for you, there's a little bit of fear that comes in. There's a little bit of not understanding at the same time. And my stepfather walked up to me and he said, Brett, you have to be a rock. Mm. So basically saying, hey, you, you need to be strong for your mother. Mm. So what that, what that really exemplified to me as an eight-year-old child is I'm not strong enough. And so that was the story that I built myself for the next 20 years. So what do you do to be strong, right? You play hockey. I mean, you hit people, you fight, you can use your stick to basically harm another person. So that's what you do. I was very fast. I've always been very athletic. So I played hockey, a lot of training. I end up going to prep school on a full ride because I'm Hispanic. And so I'm going the course to D1 to pro and doing a great job exter externally appearing as if I'm a tough guy. I'm getting great grades. I have lots of friends, but I broke. I went into the coach's office after I was named captain my second year there, getting very good grades, getting ready to go D1 scholarship. And I told him, this is fucking stupid. I quit. Mm. And really what I did was I realized that I didn't want anyone else to see the facade that I had created, this facade of strength, this tough guy that wasn't there. So in order to break that before it broke me, I simply made it go away. So then what's your next best thing, right? 
work on cars, build race cars. You see all these tough guys, they stand next to their cars. The horsepower does the work. It does the talk for them. Not that there's anything wrong with cars. Uh, if you can build a car with your own bare hands and make it into a motif of your personality, mm. that's a beautiful expression. Mm. But if you're utilizing it to displace your ego, you're not doing it the right way. Well, that's what I did. It was an easy transition. And so I built race cars. And then I went and worked at a dealership, you know, and I did very well working at a dealership, worked at Audi, worked at Mercedes, um, you know, did very, very well, was making over six figures. Mm. Uh, at that time in my life, I had already had three children by two different women. One when I was under, you know, 21. And then currently my, my twin boys are turning 12. So I was really looking for something that I didn't understand that was within me. I met my wife. We've been together for 10 years. We got custody of my twin boys. And that was a beautiful thing. So little pieces started to show up that, hey, maybe there's some strength within me. But I was still chasing it externally and not seeing all the beautiful aspects of my life. So now, even though I'd been through strife, a custody battle, you know, at that time, my wife and I had a daughter. So I had four children by three different women, mm. but I was in a beautiful relationship, a woman that accepted me for everything that it was and saw the truth in my totality of what I could be, which is love and light and power, right? True power, still searching. So then we started fixing rental properties. So now we have a rental property. I'm working 10 hours a day, working all night. Um, trying to numb the pain in my body because I work too much. Mm. And then finally, at 28, I leaned over a car. And as I leaned over, I just felt a crack. And that was it. So when I felt that crack, my neck, C5 and C6, just did this. Mm. And so when that happens, you don't have any feeling in your fingers. So your nerve damage isn't something that's just like, oh, it'll be here, it'll go away. When that happens... They say, that's it. You know, you, you need to go get surgery. I couldn't move. Mm. Uh, I could barely walk. I would wake up and my fingers and my hands would be so numb. It didn't work. How, how could that work if you're a mechanic? So they told me I had to have surgery, went and got an MRI, got it looked at. And they said, you, you just have to have surgery. I said, that's just not going to work for me. And so at that point, I knew that there was something that wasn't going well. And it finally, through my own personal expression, came to fruition, right? So the physical aspect of my pain and thinking I wasn't strong enough manifested. And that's when I had a choice. Hey, live with this or understand this, go deeper within yourself and grow. Mm. And so at that point, I picked up this really old thousand page yoga book um, and started reading. And it was, it was five steps forward, 10 steps back because there was no one to teach me. No one taught me any of this. I didn't go to any group classes. I would wake up two hours earlier than all of my children and my wife, and I would try this thing called yoga, you know, with these movements, this breath work, this meditation, and see what it would do. And after about six months, the pins and needles in my fingers started to go away. Mm. And then I could go for a run again. And when I went for a run, I just started bawling my eyes out, just crying uncontrollably. I felt this little in my neck. I knew that my neck had finally healed, but... It wasn't the fact that my neck had healed that made me cry as I'm running in the dark. <laughs> it, it, it was the fact that I finally realized that I have true strength, that that true strength, that mm. power, mm. that doesn't come from anything outside of myself. It comes from within. Mm. And I had built that back into my story, built that back into my soul. 
And that's when I realized this thing called yoga that everybody thinks is these bendy poses and these fucking handstands. It's not that. Yes. Yoga is about knowing yourself. Mm. Yoga is about developing yourself. And that's finally when I was able to see my wife and the beauty that she brings to my life, see my children for the first time and how, how much gratitude they bring me and how much love that they give me, see this abundance that was all around me. And, and then I wanted to go forward and figure out a way to help guide others do that as well. Wow. Wow. Such a beautiful, beautiful tale. Thank you for sharing that, really. Um, we have a lot to break down, uh, of course, and then we'll get into where you're at today and what you've done with that. So this is a great little <clears throat> midway point. Wow. Um, to Where to start? So I have a, a nice little list here, and I think the first thing we should start with is um, that moment when you were an eight-year-old boy, you know, to process all that information. Um, you know, how, how did that affect you kind of going into schooling? Did that, did that play a big role in your, in your early childhood? Or did it yes. lead into your late? Okay, yeah. It totally played a role in my childhood. So whatever your belief system is, is okay. But I believe that we all have certain things already built into our personality. Whether you want to call that past lives, whether you want to call that just you're born with certain characteristics, and so from the beginning, I knew that I was placed into a place of turmoil and tried to accept that. But that causes a lot of fear in a child. I knew that there was going to be strife throughout my life until I was able to sit with it and be OK with it. So being in this constant interactions of uh, disagreement, of argument, of tension, that causes a lot of tension to the self. That causes a lot of tension to that subtle body that's within you. So whether people believe in energy or not, I'm okay with anyone believing whatever they want. But you can't tell me that if you go into a room full of a bunch of angry people, you don't feel their tension. Yeah. You can't tell me if you go into a room where you know you're genuinely loved that you don't feel love. Mm. And that invisible thing, that's just energy. Mm. You know, we can all acknowledge it in some shape or form. And so that capacity to feel was heightened within me from a very young age. Yeah. So in school, I would feel the different energy of other people. And as a, as a chameleon, which is what I became to try to make every single person feel good, mm. I would start to interact with them and take little pieces of their personalities to then mirror them. Because if you can mirror somebody, you can make them feel comfortable. Yeah. And so I had to be in that place of making other people feel happy, which then again, it makes you feel like, ah, I got to be stronger. Yeah, yeah. That's a powerful um, realization at, at that age that you saw yourself as that empath in a sense and, and that you were mirroring personalities and, and chameleon-like. I love that because I've experienced that as a, as a youth too. And, you know, especially, uh, you know, um, growing up and, and in high school and, and through college, um, it's really cool. I like that way that you said chameleon, how you're, you're changing based on other people. And then that just shows you, you know, looking back once you have yourself that you just we're looking for yourself in a sense. You were just trying to find yourself and, and it's really powerful once you make that realization. Another thing you keep saying is strife and, and, and the opposite of strife is love, you know? And it's really cool that you've, you've made that, that, that bond and connection and united the two in a sense. Um, really beautiful. So, <clears throat> so you, got the, you got this statement to be a rock and that was the driving force in a sense. Um, you, you broke now at a point when, when, when things kind of, when, when you realize that you had this fake toughness going on, right? You said you, you broke and you said you simply let it go away. What does that mean exactly? So let it go away as far in thinking I was tough. Mm. 
So you just released it. Well, eventually what happened is I realized that that whole facade didn't mean anything. Yeah. So, so for me, you know, thinking that I was tough ended up really showing me that that necessity to be tough is an insecurity internally. Mm. And that if I am comfortable with myself, I don't have to worry about everyone else. Why, yeah. why would I? Because if I create that place for other people to feel comfortable, then there's no need to be worried about whether or not I'm tough or not. In the true sense, then in my perspective, I'm actually tougher than anyone else because I don't have to create confrontation to get along and to move about in the world. Mm-hmm. So if you're constantly looking to show other people that you can dominate them, that means you have weakness inside of you. Yeah. And so it's a very long path. It's not like it just happens overnight, but eventually I had to let go of that need to be tough, that need to show others that I could dominate, whether it be in conversation, whether it be in physicality, um, whether it be in monetary success. And then you find yourself in different interactions that play into that strife and letting go, that doing and that releasing, which allow you to see, oh, in this situation, that little thing might be creeping back up. Hey, let me just let go a little bit and see how this works out. Right? And it's, it's a constant cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's almost like, a, a, in a sense, a sacrifice because there's so many great things externally that we could stick to and to be able to release and really let go of, 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 of these hopes and wishes, you know, and really just kind of um, kind of enter this world within it takes a bit of a sacrifice in a sense. It's a large sacrifice, honestly. I undermine it. There's a small, there's at first, there is at first, right? At first, you, there's a lot of letting go. Mm-hmm. Like letting go of what, because where we are as a collective is based on that external satisfaction. So if you're that oddball that doesn't really follow that thing, there's a lot of different aspects in life that become a little bit dodgy, right? Yeah. Because people are like, why are you acting like that? Yeah. Why are you not worried about that? And, and so mm-hmm. that initial going inside, letting go, and, and then being that person that's kinder and a little bit more compassionate in difficult situations and being that person when everybody else is saying, oh, that guy, he's an idiot. Oh, you know, that guy, why did he do that? You know, you work in a mechanic's garage. I worked working at Mercedes. Everybody thinks they're the best mechanic in the world. Mm. Everyone, they, everybody thinks you talk to any, you know, top-notch mechanic. Yeah, I'm the best mechanic there ever was. So you enter into a place of huge egos and then you have to find the capacity to really change the way you interact with that place, that energy. So there'd be many different perspectives and points where everyone else would be thinking something completely different. And I'd be like, hey, that guy's just a kid. So what if he messed up? He'll be fine. Why did, instead of judging him, why don't you go help him? Hey, instead of telling him what he did wrong, why don't you guide him to do it right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he broke something. So what? Let's move forward in a different manner. So at first, at first, that's, that's arduous. That's a very arduous task. Difficulty is just straight up built into that. But eventually, small fragments of the individual start to feel that and come around. Mm. And it's not just you saying it. It's like, hey, man, no, no, that wasn't right. Give him a break there. You sit back and watch it. And, and that's what true guidance, leadership, uh, being is. You create that collective and then you just sit back and watch and let other people know that it came from them, even though you might have guided them to that place. Mm. But doing that, again, ties us back into that's true strength. 
Mm. Right. And that's letting a lot go. So at first it is quite difficult, but eventually going internal is very, very easy. Once you can start to flow with it. Mm. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Cause it's the resistance that's tough that, that people fight. And then once you're able, yeah. And, um, <laughs> You said something about this once you broke and you, you saw this fake toughness and simply letting it go away. Um, you, you felt that there was you were looking for something. Were you being pushed in a sense to find this? Like, did you feel like you were being pushed or was this just all you? How did that feel? So an interesting thing that has happened to me in my whole life is I've always created a small community. I never understood why. No matter where I went, there was always just this collective that would come around me. But because I was in a place of extreme learning and basically being an asshole, I created things for negativity. So I didn't create them to, for betterment. So I'd have groups of people and then we do stupid shit, right? So instead of using that collective force, that ability to have people gravitate towards me for good, I didn't. And it was a waste. Mm. It was a waste. I didn't help anyone. And so that's when I started to realize that by having that capacity, right? That's what showed me internally, hey, you need to start using this for good. Mm. Hey, see these pictures, see these memories, see what they can do for you and everyone around you. And so that, that willpower, right? That's, that has to be there. And in my perspective, that has to come from within you. Mm. Mm. And then through this, you've picked up a yoga book. Uh, I remember on my journey, it was a specific moment when I read a quote from Carl Jung that, that just took me um, and, and shook me to my core. And it's like these moments that it's so small, it's a book or it's a quote, and it could take you on a different roller coaster. The quote for me was, no, no tree can grow to heaven unless its roots reach down to hell. And that really connected things that I needed to be connected. Um, for you, you know, picking up that book, what was that moment like? You know, did you, uh, was it, was it, was it some kind of weird story or mystical events or was it just, you, you know, you just picked up this random book and then all of a sudden you, you look back 10 years later or five years later and been like, wow, you know, what was that book? <laughs> How'd that happen? Yeah, that was really interesting because I literally just went on Amazon and found this super old book with a really weird cover. I, and I was like, that's it. That's it. That has to be it. And then when I got it, it wasn't just your typical, oh, do this form. Oh, do this pose. It was, how do you breathe? How do you eat? How do you sleep? How do you think about your brain? What does your pineal gland do? What does your energy do? How are you interacting with others? And so it was this full spectrum thing that, and it only had like a few reviews. <laughs> it was so interesting. Yeah. But, but I knew when I got it that I was like, that's it. This is what's going to, and I still have the book upstairs. I've had to tape up the cover because, you know, I've used it so much, yeah. um, but it, it really allowed me to see like, there's something to this. And my wife had been doing yoga for a while. And of course the hockey player mechanic said, that's stupid. That's for chicks. Why would I ever do that? And I actually went to a class a few months before I, I hurt myself mm. and I got my ass whooped. It was a hot yoga class. I was sweating profusely. I couldn't do half the shit the other women were doing, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, what just happened to me? But of course I came out with, nah, killed it, move on, yeah. right? And then when I come full circle, 
Now I watch people enter into a room with me or come online and do a class. And I see a little bit of that in them. And I say, Hey, you did a really good job. That was Mm -hmm. a great job. You should be proud of yourself. So just immediately flipping that script, Mm -hmm. you know, and seeing it. That's powerful. Wow. So, so what kind of yoga is this? Was this book? Is it a specific type of yoga? Um, or was it really this personalized aspect of, of kind of taking yoga in your own sense? So it builds up to what's called Kriya yoga. So that's what it builds up to. But it starts out very, very basic with very simple um, postures, very simple breathwork techniques. But eventually it takes you to a place where if you want to go, to 120%, you can. Mm. And then going through this book, um, what was it? Like, did you notice at a point, like something's changing? This is, was there a moment where where you felt something different going on in your life internally or externally? Yeah, so once you start to, and this is what really I believe in for yoga as a totality, once you can get the body flowing. Once you can get the breath flowing with the body, you have the capacity to reach your mind. Mm. So if you can get to your mind by getting the body and the breath together, you have the capacity to reach your soul. So Mm. whatever you want to call your soul or that inner truth within you, you can't, it's very difficult to just attack it from the break. You need to have everything start to come into alignment. And so For me, when I started to notice through this book, I'm breathing a lot differently, even in difficult situations. Oh, wow. I can literally feel my shoulders go up and then away and down my back. I can feel my feet rooted deeper into the earth. I can feel holding less tension in my hips. And then through day-to-day interactions, I can feel the tension that I normally would internally feel from others and then onto myself start to dissipate. I knew there was something here. I Mm. knew that there was something that just wasn't some physical nonsense. It was actually something that can start to peel those layers away that you built up over your heart, your soul, whatever you want to call it, that, that molten lava that's crusted you and your true self. I started to feel those go away. It's a very analogy I like to use is we go through life and we have this mirror, right? We think it's a mirror, that's inside of us that blocks our soul or our heart or our true self. And it just gets dust. It gets tons of dust built up all over it. So the light that wants to shine from within us to come out, it cannot, nor can we genuinely see what or who we are. We think money will make us happy. We think women will make us happy or men. Uh, We think cars, you know, we think all these external things that make us happy because we can't find the happiness within ourselves. And then you do these different practices, right? And for me specifically, and what I like to teach, it's breath work aligned with movement to create fluidity. That slowly starts to clean that dust off. And then you realize it's not a mirror, you know? It's actually just a piece of glass. And so then what's inside of you starts to shine out, but it's amplified by that piece of glass. So then the external and the internal meet. And when you start to feel that, there's no going back. There's no changing that. You're there and you say, okay, this is the journey I'm on. This is what I'm supposed to do. Let's go. Mm. So powerful. 
Um, there's an alchemical transformation process where it goes from lead to ash, and then you're kind of shining the, the, the gold to get that philosopher's stone. And that lead is heavy. It's dark. It keeps you weighted down. And you kind of have to go through a little bit of a burning process, uh, a little bit of a flame to get that to ash. Now you have new material that you could form. And I think it's a beautiful way to see kind of what you just spoke on. You know, you build in this tough masculinity and you're just filling yourself with a lot of lead and a lot of darkness that will at some point need to be ashed out. And, um, and, and you did. And when you did, you said something that I think really ties everything together. And you said that you could see you could see your family now. What did you mean by that? So to be in the moment is something that is completely lost. We, as a collective, we don't have the capacity to sit here and now and be in this conversation like you and I are doing. We are constantly thinking about what we're doing in the past, what we did in the past, or what we're going to do in the future, or what we're going to do next right after this. To actually be here, to see clearly, is to be in the present moment. It's to let go of all the things that you think are real and realize that this present moment builds everything else. And so when that opened up for me and to me, I could be and sit there with my son when he was having a difficult situation. I could listen to my wife fully and laugh about silly things that we're enjoying together. I could go for a walk in nature with my daughter and she would say something about a tree and I'd be like, that's actually very intelligent. Mm. Like, that's the capacity to see. And without that capacity to see, we're not really living we're simply going about life to die. Mm. So breath work, this is something you speak a lot about. This was something huge on my journey that, uh, you know, I did the uh, Wim Hof method a lot. I'm wondering what you think about that. I, 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 um, I've seen a lot of positivities out of it and, and it's really, <laughs> it's got me to some interesting places uh, mentally in my meditations, but, you know, coming from somebody that's done this work and, and really, um, you know, is an instructor in a sense on the breath, what are your thoughts on that kind of method? And then what kind of methods do you uh, recommend for, for people interested in breath work? Sure. So to go up a mountain, there's not just going to be one path. There's going to be multiple ways to get up there. And also each path isn't going to specifically work for each individual. So we have to have many different paths to go up the mountain. So if you're gravitated towards Wim Hof, by all means, go for it. If that's what makes you feel good, do it. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I incorporate ice baths every day into my mornings. Just literally go out there, break the ice and sit in the ice bath. I love it. It feels fantastic. You know, that's something that Tibetan monks have been doing for 2000 years. So, you know, so they have been doing these things forever and commending Wim Hof on his capacity to take something of ancient characteristics and modernize it to help individuals collectively in the present. That's fantastic. Right. And so saying that a lot of what I've done, the very, very deep aspects that are and can be difficult for people who are stuck or caught up in societal terms of the now, I've tried to shift and make it so it's simple. So you and I right now could sit here and in five minutes, do five minutes worth of breath work and feel calmer, more focused, more clear, more in touch with ourselves. And what I try to do is create 
the capacity to do breath work and meditation without BS, right? Take out all the nonsense, make it very straightforward. Well, that's, it's a lot of research and development on yourself. So a lot of it is, wow, that worked great. And then some of it is, oh dear, that didn't work at all, <laughs> right? Because that's what you want. You want to be able to take whatever's in the macrocosm, put it through your microcosm, and then utilize it to help others. Mm-hmm. And so specifically with the breath work that I do, it's just being able to fluidly breathe. So breathe into your abdomen, into your ribs, into your chest, be able to feel that in your body, entering the body, getting out of the mind, and then being able to also fluidly breathe out, out of your chest, out of your ribs, out of your abdomen, creating the ability to activate your diaphragm, creating the ability to know that as you're activating your diaphragm, you're touching this muscle called the pericardium. The pericardium then touches the heart. So you have the capacity to literally slow down your heart rate, yeah. right? So, so these things, giving people these key tips, giving people this key understandings, it really builds into them, wow, this stuff can really work. And so then it's being able to slow down your breath, going deeper into the body. And then you start actually attaching your mind to the breath that you're doing. So then you can do things like breath of fire, which builds energy and then slows down, quiets your mind and stays right here. You're building that capacity to create fire within yourself and to, like we spoke on earlier, you're taking away that dross. You are literally making gold out of yourself by burning up the dross of impurities that's within you. And so then when we start to flow this way, then we tied the body in by utilizing the full capacity of the lungs. We tied the mind in by making it focus on certain points. And then we get to the soul, the energy, however you want to say it. And when we reach that point, we make it very simple to go in and to put in processes that help us become our truest selves and let go of things that no longer serve us. Mm, What a beautiful process. Um, and, and, and in that breath work, I think what really shocked me was the connection to, in a sense, neuroplasticity, because what I noticed was when I started really focusing in on getting that breath, because when I started the breath work, I was noticing I was mouth breathing and it was going just right to the chest. <sighs> when I did the breath work and I was really focusing hard and it took a little bit of work, a, a couple of weeks to really focus in on getting it to my stomach. I was putting books on my stomach. I was putting objects there to try to get my focus there because my senses weren't really that strong. And I think that's important to think about real quick is you can heighten your senses by working on them, like your actual senses of taste, of smell. And that's something you can work on in your life to keep it exciting and expand your awareness. But that's a side point. But getting my breath now and focusing it to my diaphragm, what happened was I was noticing now in my normal automatic breathing, it was going through the nose now to the stomach in a nice rhythm. And that to me was like, whoa, I've tapped in now to my nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and that's the whole, that's the whole point of it, right? Is Mm. you're creating that deeper connection in your body. Mm. Most of these things that we're told that, oh no, you can't change that. No, you can't affect that. We have the capacity to fully, fully change. So what's really cool is in the yoga classes that I do at a jujitsu academy locally, I literally through movement will work in breath work. So we'll start out with simply breathing into the abdomen. And after doing some fluid movement, we'll then pause, close our eyes and do breath work in the middle of it. And then I'll have people that are coming to me like, man, you won't believe this. But after class, when we were rolling and fighting, I was so much more grounded, connected with myself. I was so much more fluid, able to feel where I was in space. I was so much more calmer and focused. 
And that's tying that breath work in to a class, right? That gives you the capacity to better know yourself in everyday occurrences that you're doing. And what a cool thing to be able to tie it to a, a martial art. And, and so seeing that, you know, reverberate back to me, I was like, okay, continue. This is good. Continue. Pay attention. Let's keep it going. Mm-hmm. No, it's really, really great. It's, um, it's, it's so interesting that, that, you know, you would, you, 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 would, you would think that in the world we live in and how we're taught to really depend on leaders and, and others to provide us the way that the ways was in us the whole time. And I'm wondering for you, somebody, you know, that's teaching others, that's instructing others in this sense, do you get a lot of people that are coming to you hoping for you to be not the savior, but to show them the way? And what is that process like of trying to describe to somebody that they actually already have it within? Um, So that happens. And it's actually, I've made a very simple process out of it. And simply telling people when that happens, just say, I'm just a guy. Everything comes from within you. Everything is already there within you, and I'm here to guide you, and eventually you won't need me. Don't ever rely on another person, especially not me, because if you do, that's bullshit. Mm. And it's true. I don't believe in the whole guru system. That's just my perspective. Everything comes from within you, and this whole capacity to rely on others is nonsense because the strength, the willpower, it all comes from within. It's I got goosebumps because there's a lot there's a lot of stuff you're saying that that I'm connecting with strongly. But that was it right there, because what I always tell somebody when I start off uh, with a client is I'm a tour guide and I have nothing for you. I'm just I have no destination. You have the destination. I'm just kind of here to be a mirror in a sense and, and to let you see yourself and, and, and reflect your inner self and get to yourself. So that's just, I mean, you said guide, I say guide. It, it was just a beautiful way to see it. And, and that's how you know that you're not here, um, you know, to be that, that uh, someone looking for some kind of attention. You're really doing it from a place of soul, a place from heart and, and true heart and true love. You know, people get love confused. That's true love. Uh, so, so um, really nice. And then movement. Uh, another thing that's big for me, you probably see me dancing all the time. That's been something that just came to me. That was not anything I did. And now every day is as goofy as it sounds. And I don't care because I laugh at myself every day. So no one can laugh at me. Um, I dance every day and it's an unconscious trance-ish type, just getting into the flow. And it's almost like a meditation and a lot of powerful stuff comes up through uh, dancing. So, and especially in my breath work. So what I want to ask you is, is in your work and working with others, does a lot of stuff come up um, when you're in that moment? And, and if people are asking you, you know, this stuff's coming up and where's it coming from? What would you answer that to them? So in order to have the capacity to genuinely guide others in that way, you have to be 100% in the moment and a clean slate. So whether you can do that or not is on each individual. Um, For me, through the work and the difficulties, I am very fortunate and grateful to have the capacity to do that. So I go through a a process before I sit down with any client where I make a clean slate and then I just show up. And as I show up, that thing that is necessary for that person, I feel it from them and then I give it back to them. Mm. So it's not like someone says something and, oh, wow, you know, I was really worried about 
this thing with my my mom because you know I had to move back in with them and it makes me feel really uncomfortable and she doesn't understand me and she makes me feel very very closed off and small. So it's not them for me to say, oh, well you know in my experience I blah blah blah. No, it's listen, pay attention, breathe, and then feel what it is that they require that comes from within them. Mm. And so that's that empathic ability that that's just there. I'm grateful for and honestly I believe it came from the strife and difficulties of my life. Yeah. And then in your own practice, do you notice a lot when you're in that breath work, when you're in those meditations, a lot coming up uh, for you? And how do you relate like where do you relate that's coming from if you have any guesses just to 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 kind of play some fun so, into it? In my belief, you know, even though it might be a little wild, so I really think we have past lives. Mm. That's just the way I feel, you know. There's different instances where I feel as if I was a warrior. There's different instances as I feel as if I was someone who had the capacity to do a lot of good. And maybe those different times, I didn't exactly get it right. And, and so through meditation, I'll feel these different things. And whether they're just from this term that I have lived. You know, I also feel like I've lived nine lives this term. I've done so many different things. Mm. Um, and so those things come from deep within us. I, they're not there to ruin us. They're not there to put us in the ground. They're there so that if they do put us in the ground, they also help us to dig out and then to become even more powerful, even more, even stronger, even more understanding and truthful with who we are deep inside of ourselves. So as those things do come up, which of course they do, no matter which mountain you think you've climbed, there's always a bigger one. There's always a bigger one. And with each next mountain you climb, there's going to be even bigger challenges. Mm. That's not a curse. That's a gift mm. because that constantly makes life engaging and gives you the capacity to know and grow yourself even deeper. Now, <laughs> there are times where I'll go through something. And I'll be like, this is fantastic. Wow. That was, you know, a, a few weeks consecutively of reaching a meditation point where I can slip away and I am the whole room. And then I also have the capacity to be in the present moment wherever I need to be while still sitting there in meditation. That's a gift. I'm very grateful to have that. But it doesn't mean that then the next week I got hit with something and I was like, damn, that got me again. <laughs> and then it's embracing that, yeah. right? You, why would you fight that? That's, that's giving you the capacity to know yourself even deeper. So fighting those things, although it's second nature, can be changed and give you the capacity to grow yourself to a deeper level. Yeah. And you're talking really about that, that grounding that you've built in you. You know, a lot of people, when they become spiritual, if they're just getting into this stuff, it could be become very woo-woo-ish. And then you kind of inflate yourself to this point and you lose your sense of grounding. And then when those moments do happen, like you said, which they always do, chaos is out there. Um, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're not grounded and you're flying in the air, that means you're going to just smack right down and it's going to be hard and you might not be able to get up for a while, if ever. So I think that's a really great way to see that that sense of grounding and why it's so important to do that with this with this inner work. So then you got to a point now with Legion Yoga, you know, you wanted to start up this company. How was that process and uh, what do you offer? 
So it was very fun in the beginning because it was a clean slate. You know, I, I was a guy that built cars. I was a guy that was able to fix houses. I never tried to like work with people. I was always the opposite. Oh, work with inanimate objects, right? But when I knew that this was something that I, I needed to do to serve, um, the door started to slowly open. So I was like, okay, let me just see if someone will let me teach yoga classes. Let me see if anybody will even let me come and take training with them, right? So I, I knew what I had inside of me. I already had been doing yoga for myself, doing breath work, doing meditation, doing movement. And I was like, let me just see if that'll open up. And it did. And I was able to learn and, and get certified by a very amazing teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, so little synchronicity, synchronicity started to happen. So then that door opened up. And when that opened up, I was like, okay, let's see if anybody wants to work with me individually. So then I just started offering it for free. Hey, you know, does anybody want to work together? Does anybody want to know themselves better? Does anyone want to go into this strange thing called yoga? And people were like, yeah, sure. You know, a lot of people said, no, that's weird. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but there were a few people that said, yeah, sure. And, and out of that, out of really creating that, that uh, capacity to give, um, I knew that what was happening was working. Mm. And I saw it start to really help people and start to grow people and start to help people grow themselves. And so then it was like, okay, how do I move this forward? Well, this can't just be another yoga company because that doesn't represent me. And this should be an offering that's fully authentic. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, that means creating a legion of Zen out badasses. That means taking people who everyday average individuals who don't consider themselves a badass and telling them you are, you are strong. No, it doesn't matter if you do CrossFit, you lift weights, you're an ultra marathon runner, you're a single dad, you're an overweight 60-year-old person, uh, you're a single mom. None of these things matter, right? What matters is, is you don't have to be this bendy, woo-woo, hippie person that spends their days in the clouds. You can be an everyday individual, not have to go to the gym and bust yourself up every day, not have to spend thousands of dollars on a therapist. You can do this thing in totality and start to know yourself better. Mm. And so we worked on our online platform. A lot of really great doors opened up. We, we unleashed our online platform. I'm teaching at a jujitsu academy, which is so what better way to reach people who would never come near yoga than teaching it at a place where, where they do jujitsu and people are totally open to it. And it's been fantastic. We're now offering online classes. So we're going to ramp up the online classes, dropping two courses um, by the end of next month. So movement and breathwork courses, just starting out with two nice and basic ones. Uh, and then, of course, one-on-ones. I'm going to you know, open the door for a few more one-on-ones. I keep that very, very tight so that way I can truly be in the moment and not overstress the capacity to give. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where we are. It's, it's been going very well. You know, we, I've, I've gotten with a product coordinator, fantastic job. You know, we have t-shirts, hoodies, mats, mm. joggers, yoga pants, water bottles, stickers. Mm. So the whole, the whole offering, when I realized that this was the way that I wanted to give back, the door started to open. And for that, I'm just really, really grateful because you know, without these people, without this team that has had my back and been like, yoga, you? Yeah, sure, let's go. I got your back. This would never happen. Mm. I, I wouldn't be talking to you. The, the capacity to really do something like this on a full scale 
requires a tremendous amount of help from others and a lot of being able to let others lead. And, and so that's what Legion Yoga has started to become. It's become this, this team that's really trying to get to the everyday person, everyday individual that doesn't think they can take back their health, that doesn't think they can be strong in body and mind and reaching them and saying, you can do this and you do it from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you're leading yourself. You're giving individuals that power um, and that, and that, and that <clears throat> dignity, I'll call it, to, to lead their self. And, and a lot of people don't give the people their power and dignity because they're out trying to overcome them or overpower them, you know? So that's beautiful. That's such a beautiful thing. And it's so interesting. Have you ever thought about like your childhood and how it, not that it exactly said you're going to be in this space, but there were some hints and, and, and little, little sprinkles here and there. Mm -hmm. Yes. It, it a hundred percent has built me into this entity that is made to do this. Mm -hmm. It has, yeah. it, it totally has without the strife that I went through as a child, without seeing really tough, tough men, without being able to see, and go through the difficulties without having the capacity to be like, why do I keep building these teams and then not knowing what to do with them, you know, without being able to lead, without being able to see that I need to follow. And there's no, there's no way that I could give to the full capacity that I am trying to. And so, you know, I really liken this to, it's all going to build you to what you need to be at that moment and never, blame your past or really try to, you know, create that past into your full story of pain. Mm. Allow yourself to see those things for what they were, how they built you into what you are now and give gratitude to even the most difficult moments where you were down on your knees, wondering how in the hell you were ever going to stand up. And it's amazing how those synchronicities, when you find your path, when you find your way, they start really popping up um, and give you that, that little, little smile, you know, that personal secret little smile that no one could ever understand. Um, really, really beautiful message. This is a wonderful podcast. And we led all the way through your story in, in, in such a flowy, uh, magical way. And now we're at the point where we kind of just break things up into just three more questions just to get to know you a little deeper. Um, and one of my favorite things in life that keeps me so curious is the mysteries out there. And I'm wondering for you, do you have any mysteries in mind, body or life that you wish you had the answer to? Hmm. I think I would like to understand what it is that causes people to be so driven apart and to not see collectively that we all are one. Hmm. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. And, and sometimes, you know, it is the word consciousness to, to be conscious of something you got to split apart the opposites and that could be part of it. Mm -hmm. It's true. And, I think that also without wanting to know the answer to that question or that questioning being available, maybe we would become a little bit lazy in our choices and our capacity to grow. Mm. Because if we did know that, maybe we wouldn't want it so much. And then it wouldn't inspire individuals like you to do what you're doing to up, uplift everyone else. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So second question, let's say you got the, uh, the um, what should we call it? The, we'll call it the Legion Yoga podcast. 
and you can interview three guests, dead or alive, fiction or nonfiction. So anybody of anything, um, who would those three guests be that you, you wish you could interview? Hmm. So one would definitely be the current Dalai Lama. I find him extremely interesting. His capacity to scientifically understand things and then also his capacity to understand things from a Tibetan Buddhist perspective. Because as you probably already know, Tibetan Buddhists at the heart, they are people that debate everything. They question and they don't believe in, oh, just because I said it, you must think it's true. They believe in figure it out for yourself, even if I tell you that it's true. And to me, that's a very, very strong quality. Mm. So that would definitely be one. I would also like to talk to Bruce Lee just because of his spirit. The dynamic spirit that he had is, is very, very interesting. And in how he had the capacity to show masculinity on a whole nother level, but connected deeply to the soul. You can't say by looking at this man that he wasn't connected to something very, very deep through how he spoke, how he moved, how he acted, and then somehow was able to take that into, you know, the world of cinema, uh, cinema and Hollywood and, and, and still find a way, appearingly, to be grounded. That's, that's quite an interesting capacity to have. Yeah. And then finally, I would have to say Marcus Aurelius. Oh, just because of even though his meditations weren't meant to be read by anyone, his self-inquiry, his ability to constantly go into himself and question his thoughts and to try to put away what he wanted, you know, what he thought was glitter and gold, to constantly push that to the side there'd be some very deep understandings that one can learn from somebody with that level. And he was an emperor too, you know? He had all the externals. And to still try to push them away, that's that strong. <laughs> when you have everything at your fingertips and you're still constantly questioning yourself in, in a positive manner, you gotta be doing something there. And I don't want to put us up on the same pedestal as Marcus Aurelius, but think about you and I, like I was on TV. I had a great position. I left that for this. You, you know, you had the, 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 the six figure job and, and all that. Um, I don't know. Um, interesting stuff. So beautiful conversation. And I'm sure a lot of people um, would be curious to get to know you a little better. So where can they find you? You know, maybe to be able to work with you, join a class or um, social media. Yeah, so just going to legionyoga.com. That's our online platform. You can apply for a one-on-one -on -one there, take classes. Your first class is for free. Oh. Um, so definitely, you know, come grab a free class. Uh, looking at social media, Instagram, join Legion Yoga. Just try to post some inspiring stuff there, you know, really some things that can help motivate and inspire. Um, and so those are the two best places. Mm. Really beautiful. Well, Brent, the, the one word you said about your, your company and, and, and what it really is going to get you to do is to engage. And this conversation was so engaging. So I truly thank you for your insights, your story, and everything we came to through this discussion. Thank you very much. I'm very, very grateful to do this with you. Thank you so much.